Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Good morning. Wow, worthy is the Lamb. That's why we're here. Sometimes I wonder if God doesn't know what He's doing. (laughs) So, Father, we just thank You. We thank You for Your peace and Your goodness and for for just loving us and being so faithful and kind to us. Holy Spirit, I just ask that You speak through me this morning. In the mighty name of Yeshua, Amen. Okay, so we're going to go in the Bible. I'm going to get in here so that I can actually get a message done. <laughs> so, if that's possible, we'll pray about it. We're, we're going to start... Um, actually, I'm going to start in Joshua, chapter 1. For us, I was just thinking this morning, I got up. Man, and I was feeling good. I was looking good. And I was like getting ready and, and I was like, like telling Linda I was like man I was like I feel booty and she goes booty what's booty and I was like you know like the girls say like they're feeling booty and she's like it's not booty it's bougie and so it's like, like 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 I guess it means like you're feeling like uptown man you're feeling like like you got some stuff I, and then I learned a new word too it's called drip anybody ever know drip it's like slang for like I'm rolling, man. I got like I got these new shoes. See how shiny they are. I got my drip on, man. I'm just dripping with with money and dripping with life and dripping with abundance and dripping with blessings. And I was like, why don't us as believers think we got booty? We got Jesus. Like he can he gives us booty, right? He gives us drip, man. He gives us swagger, right? I got the swag. I'm saved with amazing grace, right? So, so we can walk around with, with swag saying, you know what? I'm, I'm somebody important because God sent his son, his only son, whom he loves to die for me. And that makes me pretty valuable, right? If you look at what the world will put on you and how the world will address you and what the world will say to you, you'll get lost in thinking that you have no value, or your values in what you make at your job, or what what you're doing at school, your grades at school, or or this or that. I, like Einstein flunked freshman math. I mean algebra. Like I did too, by the way. So I'm like Einstein in more ways than one, right? So so, but um, <clears throat> so I'm pretty smart. That's what that means. But when I heard that, I was like, yeah, I'm like Einstein, and I wore it as a badge. Although I was glad it wasn't football season because it would wrecked things, you know. <laughs> But we, we hear these labels and we hear these words and we hear the world labeling us and telling us and calling us things. And they have nothing to do or know nothing about who we really are. Because who we are has nothing to do with, with where we're at in our life right now. Who we ha- are happens to do with who God called us to be and who we are in Him and the value that He's placed on us. And when we realize that, man... Hey, you're valuable. You know what? You're God, God, we're God's highest form of creation, you know? And so when, when God created man, he made him in his image. Now, he fell. Man fell. 
and then it wasn't so good, but then Jesus came, and when he restored it, he restored it back, and now everybody who is on this planet, if you believe in God or not, Jesus died for you. He paid the price for you. You know what? That makes you super valuable. And so there was a sacrifice that was made by the blood of a perfect lamb that did something great for us that can change our lives and change our future. We don't like where we're at. Let's change. It can change. Just trust God. Find what God wants to do in your life. Find who you are and who you are in him and watch what he'll do because he'll blow you away if you'll just trust him. He's been faithful to me all my life. All my life. Even when I mess up sometimes, man. I'll end up farther along and I'm like, how did this happen? He goes, because I love you. You're my son whom I love, just like Jesus, right? It says, it says, as he is, so are we in this world. So when the Father's looking at us, when we're covered with the blood of the Lamb, he don't longer sees us, he sees the blood of Jesus over us. And that covers us and makes us want to step and go where God's called us to be, right? Remember, thinking of bougie and, feeling not bougie, bougie, is a bougie? Got to be careful with all these boo words, you know, because it could get bad in a hurry, right? But and then, then my drip, you know, I, I got my drip on this morning. But I was thinking, like, now I'm get, catching up on the times, because when I was in high school, you know, good meant good, but bad meant good, too, right? I was telling the kids the other day, I was telling some kids, I was like, man, that's bad. And they're like, I'm sorry. And I was like, no, no, like, that's bad, you know, like, bad to the bone. He's like, I didn't know it was that bad. And I'm like, am I so old that now bad has become bad again and good's good? I mean, what in the world's going on? I was like, like, I have lived a full life. And so I was just like thinking, man... And so we get all these different words and all these different cultures and all these different things that happen in our life and we equate it to with our experience and don't realize that other people have different experiences or there's different cultures or there's different times and there's different seasons. And that's one of the things I love about the Bible is when we go into the Bible and we look at it in context, right? When you take the scripture out of context. When you take text out of context, what are you left with? Con, Con right? So it's important, part, part of being in context is knowing what's happening in this time. There, the, the Bible's so powerful, man. God's so cool and so smart. Like, I love studying. Like, I love Tesla. Yeah, not the car. I like the car, too. And not the, the group, right? I was doing a horse the other day, and her name's Tesla. And I was like, oh, cool. I was like, was that named after the man, Tesla, or after the car? And he's like, it's named after a rock group. I was like, well, I, didn't, I missed it completely. I was like, I got, got two choices here, and there was a third I didn't even know. Again, it, it's translation, but I like, I like listening about guys like Tesla or, or um, Einstein and, and all these guys that were so smart. I love hearing their stories because... You can learn so much from other people's lives, you know. I like studying guys that are making it, like Elon Musk. I think he, he's brilliant. And the fact that he named a company after Tesla, I think, is pretty cool, and not Edison, you know, and you know all the history and stuff that goes back. But as I listen to, to all these guys, 
and these things that are going on, it, it makes me grow and makes me think about different things. But I, um, like, in, in Hebrew, the numbers mean everything. Even the numbers. Every dot, every tittle means everything. Every yod means, has a meaning and it's significant. And the God who created the universe had such detail and such refinement that he's in numbers. Like some people work with numbers all the time, and, and you guys probably see that and feel that too, that he's in numbers and he's in, in, in um, calculations. And so all these scientists are going through their calculations, and they're finding that these calculations actually are so above them that it has to be a creator. Then you have science. Science is just now catching up on stuff God was talking about in the Torah. And so, is there really a God? What does God say? How is God? And so, the whole point I'm taking forever to get to is this. God's so big, He's in everything. And so, if we'll pay attention and listen to Him, He's continually talking to us. And He might not talk to us in the same way. Sometimes we get this alley where He'll talk to us, and, and we can find and we can know, we can trust Him and follow Him. And realize that he's bigger than anything that we're going to face. Anything we're ever going to see. Any, bigger than anything that we're afraid of. He's not afraid of it. So we can put our trust in him, right? So, in Joshua chapter 1. I love this. This is a great, this is a great scripture. A great chapter, actually, to read when you're starting the year off. Because it says... After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, I mean, who would name their, their who would name a dude Nun? Like, it's not like N-O-N-E, like Nun, like nothing, but N-U-N, like the Nun, the worst, you know. I mean, really, I mean, what, what's your name? Nun. Oh, so you go back to the, to the church there. You're supposed to be a chick, man. Actually, there wasn't nuns back then except him he was the first nun so I'm just <laughs> never mind I'll continue so the Lord said to Joshua son of Nun Moses is a Moses my servant is dead wow okay he gets up and he's like talking to the nation and he's like like or God's talking to him saying Moses my servant is dead what's he saying to him this is what we can know from last year. This is what we can know from yesterday. This is what we can know from five minutes ago. That's gone. Completely gone. So now, guess what? We can stay where we are in the present and look to the future and step into that. We already kind of talked about that before. But he's saying, that's dead. That's gone. Everything that happens to you or has happened to you, it's done. It's gone. Like a lot of times... There, there's, two, there's two wings on a bird, uh, on this certain bird, and it, it's just a vulture, man. It, 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 it'll devour things. It's like, like the buzzards that flying over. And on one wing, you have resentment. On the other wing, you have guilt. Resentment is what you have against other people. Guilt is what you have against yourself. And they're the same bird, and they will both bring death, and they will pluck your eyes out, where you can't see and make it where you can't hear and, and they will kill you. So you got to learn to let go. Say, you know what? I'm going to let that go. I'm going to let everything go. Not just with other people, but with ourselves too. 
So that stuff's gone. That stuff's dead. And now we can move forward and go on with God. Because Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these... I wonder why it was blurry. It's either this is blurry or you guys are. So, Okay. Um, now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Well, here's a promise. I will. You know what he's telling him? God's saying, I will give this to you. He didn't say, you got to do it. Has God given you promises? Has he given you dreams? Has he given you visions that are bigger than yourself? And you're like, what do I got to do? I got to do this. And we're, we're like, well, or we see someone messing up and you're like, you should do this. Or especially with our kids, you should, you should, you should. You know what we're doing? We're doing the law, right? Of course they should. But instead, maybe we should be like, you know what? I believe in you. I believe you can do that. Get up and keep going. Yeah, you missed that tackle, but I believe you're going to make the next one. Get up and keep moving forward. It's a difference. It's a difference between law and grace. Law says do. Grace says done. I believe. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. And you're saved. It had nothing to do with your do. It has to do everything to do with what he done. There's a lot of do's in there. So here he's giving them a promise. He's saying, I will give you every place where you set your foot. Now, where would that be? Every step. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. And what those promises aren't just dead. Like those promises are for us today. God's like, I'm giving you ground. You know, when we're the body of Christ, like, like we get, and this is one of my, my um, things that I'm so thankful for eschatology. And that, that's not like the study of escalators, by the way, either. <laughs> that's like the study of end times, right? So I love eschatology because Jesus is coming back. But I think that, that we get our mind and our heart so set on Jesus coming back that we forget that we are his body here on earth right now. He's the head of the church, yeah. But we're the body. We're walking here on earth right now. And let's start living like it and start walking like it and start talking like it and start plugging in and knowing that in Him we have victory, right? Actually, there's a scripture that says, says the earth groans. It literally moans for the manifest, manifestation of the sons of God. Do you know what it's saying? That even the earth is just waiting for, hey, you're the body of Christ. It's not about you. It's about you being who you are in Him. Sons and daughters of the Most High God. Even the earth's moaning. Like, come on, wake up. Don't you know who you are? Like, I'm just a rock. But the Bible says if we don't praise Him, the rocks and stones will cry out. And they're groaning and they're moaning. Wake up. Know who you are. Wake up, know that I got great things in store for you. Wake up, there's people out there who are dying and lost and they're just waiting for us to raise up and be who God called us to be. He's always challenging us, always saying, you know what, come up here, you're not here. 
You're not a nobody. You're not a nothing. You guys are sons and daughters. God paid a price. And I believe in the church. And I believe in, in, in believers. And I believe God wants to do a great work in this land. But I also believe that we need to start telling people who they really are. Because you got a million other people and things out there who will tell you. I will give you every place. I will. He will. What promise has He given you? He's going to do it. Every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses, your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river of the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you. All of the days of your life. How long is that? It don't matter how long that is. It's all the days of your life. He's like, look, I'm going to give this to you. I'm the one that's going to give it to you. He's the one who give Israel to Israel. And he's the one who doesn't slumber or sleep. And he's the one that keeps her even to this day. As you'll read in Amos chapter 9, there's a promise there that God talks about how he'll restore. And he has and he will watch over her. And if he's that faithful with Israel, he's faithful with you. If he's not faithful with Israel, you better watch out because his word means nothing. Man, that's harsh, isn't it? But that's the truth. Now watch. And I don't believe his word means nothing because I believe in him, right? Let me make that clear. Just so you guys know. I didn't have too much coffee. It's no such thing as too much coffee. Watch this. Your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon and from the great river to the Euphrates and all the Hittite country to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm saying, man, there's some promises everywhere you step. Look, I'm giving it to you. And whatever comes up against you, look, nothing's going to be able to stand against you. And then he's like, and guess what? I will be with you. So much so that I will never leave you or forsake you. Ever feel alone? Man, I mean, in real. Like, like, sometimes we feel alone. Like, we can be in a room crowded with people. We can be with our loved ones. We can be with our spouses. We can be with our kids. We can be, and we still feel alone. But we're not. We're never alone. When I was mad at God running from God, listen, I kept running into him. And I kept thinking, man, this God's supposed to be the mad, mean ogre with the big hammer, and he never was. Like, I kept running into a God who loved me and was like, hey, I love you. When you coming back? Hey, I love you. When you coming back? Hey, I love you. And pretty soon I couldn't outrun his goodness and his love. And then there was no place other to go or where I wanted to go but to my father's arms. But he never left me. When everything else leaves you, when everyone else leaves you, he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now it's hard for someone who's everywhere to leave you anyway. Right? But someone can be with you and not be any help. Like just have me help you do something mechanical or 
or lumbery, what do you call that, carpentry stuff or like that. Like, I'm no help. Like, I'm present. I'm a present, but I am not a help in a time of trouble. In fact, if you give me a wrench, I'll probably be throwing it. <laughs> Yelling, Banzai! Something like that. That he's everywhere all the time. And then he says this. Now, this isn't a suggestion. He's telling Joshua. He's telling him. Watch this. He's saying, Be strong and courageous. Because you will lead people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. And then he says it again. Be strong and very, very courageous. And then he says this. He says, be careful to obey all the law of my servant, Mo- my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from the right or the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from, from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written. And now he's talking about a lot of different things. He's saying, be careful to obey the law. But part of that was how many people can keep the law perfectly? Am I the only one? I'll tell you how I keep it. They're Jesus. And only by the blood of the lamb that you're talking about. So now he's telling him this, and if I'm Joshua, I'm scared. If there wasn't a sacrifice, I would be terrified. If Joshua knew, you know what? I'm covered by the blood. I'm covered by a sacrifice. I'm covered by something that that's done to take care of me. And in Hebrews it talks about if the blood of bulls and goats were enough to satisfy, how much more will the Son of the perfect Lamb of God be for you? We read this stuff and we're like, man, I got to do, do, do. And God's like, no, you got to believe, believe, believe. Believe that you're covered. Believe in my word. And then as we believe, we start having a relationship that, that's vertical. Is this vertical? Yeah, I think this is horizontal, right? So not, and as we get the vertical relationship with him, we start walking out like this. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. When Jesus was calling his disciples, the very first disciple he called was hearing. Like, what are you talking about? Simon. You know what Simon means in Hebrew? It's small. It's where the small comes from. It means to say, hear. Not just to hear with your ears, but to hear in your heart. Every Jewish household that, that keeps the Jewish, you know, the Jewish stuff, you know, to make it simple, right? Puts a mezuzah on their house. And guess what's in that mezuzah? It's the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is God. He is one. Love him with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself, right? And then it's got Deuteronomy 28. I'm blessed when I come in, and I'm blessed when I go out. But it's called the Shema. It's called the hearing. The very first disciple God ever called, his name was hearing. What is that telling us? Pretty soon, here here we know him as Peter, right? We read about him as Peter. But when he started out, he was Simon. He was Shema. He's like, hey, Shema, come here. Don't be a schmuck. Shema, come here. You're kind of small. Thought you'd be bigger than that, right? Couldn't help it. Sorry, I'm trying to... Right? He's like, hey, Shema, come here. 
And you know what? Small followed him. Small listened to him and heard him and walked with him and talked with him. And pretty soon, he got so full of hearing that God, God literally changed his name. And he said, upon this rock, I will build my church. What is that rock? That Jesus is the Messiah. That he's a chosen one. And God changed his name from hearing to rock. Right? You guys remember in the Old Testament... When Moses was at the bitter waters of Maris, call it where the bitter waters, and or where he hit the the rock, God didn't tell him to hit the rock. He said, "I want you to speak to the rock." And he didn't. He got. He's like hits the rock, and the rock don't do anything, so he hits it again. And you know what? God honored him anyway, and waters flowed out of there, enough water to feed multitudes of people, like millions of people. Like a lot of people. Like that's a, that's a gusher. But God told him, he said, speak to the rock. You know what? We have a rock. It's a stone that the builders rejected. He's a cornerstone. And his name's Yeshua. His name's Jesus. His name is God's salvation. And if we'll be hearers, and hear, and hear. Faith comes by hearing, hearing, hearing. Pretty soon we'll be doing and then we'll have this vertical, right? Vertical relationship. And pretty soon it'll come down here. It can't help it. It can't help but change our lives if we know who we are in Him. Amen? Where am I at? I kind of, man, if I ever get what I want done, it'll be a miracle. Okay, so here he's saying, be careful to obey the law of my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn to the right or the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything. Meditate me. What's that? Think about it. Yeah, just it's like, like a cow. Ever watch a cow? Chewing their cud. Right? It's meditate. Like, like it talks about Isaac going to the hill country of Gerar. Well, Gerar was cattle country, right? And then it talks about him meditating on the word, meditating on God. And when he started doing that, guess what? Things started changing in his life. Think, get a promise. Like if you got one promise that you find in here, meditate on it. Like Pastor James, you can't pre- preach meditation. That's like, woo, you know. Yeah, you can. The Bible talks about it all the time. Meditate on Him. Meditate on His Word. Meditate on His promises. Because I promise you, you are meditating on something. Whether you know it or not. Might, might be that person who done you wrong. That's why you've got to get rid of resentment. It might be something that you did wrong. That's why you've got to get rid of that guilt. He says He'll give us double honor and no shame. Maybe it's how am I going to pay this next bill? How am I going to tell my wife that I bought a horse and didn't tell her? Um, I didn't do that, by the way. I have done that, but I didn't do that recently. It's been a few years. I actually bought 20-some. I didn't buy them. I got in that over 20, and she was in on the whole thing. So I didn't. It's hard to sneak that many by someone. Right? But we're always meditating on someone on something. What are you thinking about? He's like, I'm going to give you. Think about me. Think about how 
You know, like you were slaves, man. Look how I brought you out of Egypt. Look what happened to Pharaoh. Look how I supplied for you. Look, through the wilderness. Meditate on me and my goodness and how much I love you. And watch what God will do, right? He says, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. So what is he saying? He's like, don't, don't, you're like, Pastor James, you're, you're one of those blab it and grab it guys. No, I'm not. But I'm like, if you don't know what to say and have nothing else, just say Jesus, man. Find you a scripture. Grab a hold of that scripture and, and just hang on to that, right? And even if you mess up, guess what? God's got you covered. The Bible actually says, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Why? Because what you're doing is you're coming from out of your strength and you're going in to his strength. See, the Philistines, they stole the Ark of the Covenant. Not, not recently. I mean, like, <laughs> in the Bible, right? So, they stole it and they set it up and in, in their temple and, and all their idols are falling over and they're like, you know what? we got to get rid of this thing. So they get two milk cows, two young milk cows. What that means is that these milk cows had their calves and their natural tendency was to go find their calves. So they took these milk cows out. They put the, put the ark. Now the ark of the covenant set in the holy of holies and that's where they sacrificed the blood of the lamb that we sing about. On, on the top of the ark, on the mercy seat. But guess what? Underneath that mercy seat was something called the law. So here, they, they, they got it. They stole it. So they're like, okay, we're going to see if this is just by chance or if God's real. So we're going to let these cows, these milk cows go. And if they go straight to where, to, back to Israel, we'll know that they're, they're God's real. But if it goes back, we'll know that it's just chance. And we're going to keep that sucker. Well, guess what? The cows take off, and they go back to Israel. Like, they beeline it. They're just like, whoo, they're going right back. Well, David sees this, and so they go, and they get this big big entourage, and they're going to get the, get the um, Ark of the Covenant. And as they go to get the Ark of the Covenant, they're like, well, we'll just do like the Philistines did. So they get the Ark, and they put it on a cart, and as they're going down the road, the ox stumbles. And guess what happens? The ark starts to tilt. But this dude, Uzzah, and you get the word Uzzah, has a lot of meaning in Hebrew. Uzzah's like, you know what? I can't let that hit the ground. He had a good heart, man. You think that's a great intention. Thank you, Uzzah, for saving the ark. So he reaches up to touch it, and you know what happened? He falls dead. Right there. So everybody's like afraid of it. So, like, they dump this thing at, at a dude's house. His name's Obed-Edom, right? And so, um, so Obed-Edom has it in his house. And Obed-Edom, it says, was a Gittite. Now, you're like, what's a Gittite? I was like, I don't know why they use those words. I just know that he was a Philistine from Gath, that's what it means. He's from the same place that, you remember the big giant? What was his name? Goliath, something like that, right? Same place, same place that he was from. They were Gittites. Actually, David had another, another Gittite that was one of his three commanders. 
David had Philistines that were fighting with him too, right? So, but he was a Gittite. He wasn't even in covenant with God. But th- when this was in his house, do you know what happened? He was getting blessed. He was getting blessed and his sons was getting blessed and all this because he started sacrificing. He realized that there had to be blood to cover. And that was according to the book of the law that we're, we're reading about, right? Well, here's the thing with Uzzah. Do you know what Uzzah means in Hebrew? means man's strength. When you try to keep the law or hold it up with your own strength, it will kill you. It will kill you dead. But God had a different plan. Because guess what Obed-Edom means? Edom comes from the same word that we get Adam, Right? Or blood, the mean. So it actually means servant of blood. He knew how to sacrifice. He knew that he could reverence God and honor God. And he wasn't upholding it in his own strength, but he was being held in God's strength and in God's cover and in God's provision. So David sees all these blessings and he's like, I got to go get that thing. So he just knocks on the door and he says one word, ark. But David learned something. I said, you know what? We're going to honor this. We're going to honor the blood. So it says every six steps, they would sacrifice seven rams and seven oxen. You know what they were doing? The the, um, sacrifice and a peace offering. Every six steps till they got it back to the place that it was supposed to be. Can you imagine that? Like even if it was two miles. Like every six steps, you had to line that thing up. Talk about a cattle train. <laughs> cattle drive, man. He's like, I ain't going to offer anything but a sacrifice and a peace offering that's by blood. And guess what? God provided a peace offering in Jesus. He pro- provided a sacrifice. Like now I cook sometimes. And, and when I cook, it, it's bloody offerings and burnt sacrifices. <laughs> but God himself provided a bloody offering and a burnt sacrifice in Jesus. He says, you can't do it on your own, and you don't have to do it on your own. I'm going to do great things in you if you will just trust me. Like, there's a lot of big things out in this world. A lot of things coming against us. A lot of things that look good. Maybe you're in this, you're in the Disney princess phase or you're singing, skipping around. Great, but I'm telling you, whether it's good or whether it's bad, rest in Him. Rest in that blood of the Lamb that we were singing about earlier because it has power. In Revelations, it says that we're made overcomers by our good works. Right? We're made overcomers when we do everything right. We're made overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Amen? So, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for being with us, and we give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.
www.silverlakebaptist.org.